Real Whiskey Real presents Judgment Day. Listener discretion is advised. The podcast that you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed are merely for common purposes. This is your Judgment Day. We all go a little mad sometimes. What an excellent day for an exorcism. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Who the fuck made you king of movie mountain? Why do you like, why do you get to, oh, that's fair. What would your fucking answers be? How do we get to judge Bobby noise? I mean, I am open to the experience. Yeah. Yeah. How we do it right now? 100%. I'll judge you. All right. Let's see what you got. Prepare to be judged. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Prepare to be judged. <laughs> Stallone. Judge Dredd. Oh, wow. Oh, it might come up. Uh, it might come up. Oh, my up. God. And how the hell does Homeboy not get a Best Supporting Actor nomination? Armand Asante. Oh, just, just fucking sending it in that movie, dude. Sends it in there. At one point where he just growls after. Horrible. So terrible. <laughs> God. And you know what? No. You know what's going to make this movie better? It's terrible. But you know what? Let's get... The fucking making copies guy. Oh yeah, from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he'll provide some. Yeah, comic fucking Deuce Bigelow relief. will make this movie better. That's <laughs> <laughs> not gonna come up. We're not talking about that movie. Welcome, Bobby, to Judgment Day. In this podcast, I invite only Bobby Noyce because he invites all the lovely friends. I don't invite lovely friends. True. In this podcast, I invite Bobby Noyce to inform him that today is in fact. The end of times. He has shuffled off this mortal coil, and it's up to me to decide whether he ascends to paradise or burns forever in a lake of fire. And what no one knew was, God himself is a total cinephile. And I, Sean Moriarty, for this one time, one time only, will decide if Bobby Noyes, I have been chosen this one time. (laughs) To ask a series I'm leaving of, that in. To ask a series of 12 questions about the movies that meant the most to Bobby. His taste in films will be the ultimate test determining his eternal fate. Bobby, you've done this a few times. Do you feel like you're ready to be put under the fucking microscope? I'm feeling a little pressure. How many answers of yours are Jaws? I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> less than three. Oh, are they less? Oh, yeah. there's still three. Though. That's good. That's a quarter. It's 12 questions. It's yeah. a healthy course. By the way, Jaws is going to go on the list. I, oh, if you can't mention it after we this? We can't talk about Jaws anymore. It's too good. No, it's, it's too, too good. Jaws, it's too perfect. the godfather of it. I didn't uh, mention the godfather yeah, at all. Godfather's a done deal. Yeah. Like, no one gets the godfather. So, you old fuck. Question the first. Okay. You know, back before talkies. Sure. What was the first movie that you remember seeing? Okay, so this one, I want to answer. Okay, so I listened to... A very similar podcast with Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. And he had the same answer that I think I have. But this is a hard question. Because what do I remember seeing? Yeah. I know I saw Star Wars in the theater. Okay. You just I know don't I remember did. the experience? But I was fucking four years old. Yeah, dude, four. You oh, know what I mean? No. I can't. Uh-uh. I can't use nope. Star Wars. I mean, as much as I would love to be like, I've seen every Star Wars movie in the theater, bitch. Yeah, you're like, ah. Uh, you know, I kind of have. 
but like you don't remember the experience. You I can't don't remember close your eyes and smell the popcorn and see hundred percent no the angle now, that you were at. Empire Strikes Back, yeah, I remember that like vividly. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. It's the best one. So I think the first movie I remember seeing was actually not in a, a theater. It was at home. Okay. It was with my old man, mm-hmm. and he sat me down and explained Time of to day. me. Time of day. Oh, like afternoon. Night or, okay, afternoon. Like afternoon. Okay. Um, he showed me a John Wayne movie and explained to me that John Wayne was the world's greatest American. <laughs> yeah, my dad's a little backwards about that shit. But um, <laughs> it was Rio Bravo. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Now, that say movie, what you will about John Wayne as a human being, kind of a garbage person, but oh, seeing like Rio a total, Bravo as a child. He was a total garbage person. He famously had a Playboy interview and did a speech at the Oscars, I think, at one point, like where he showed himself to be just kind of a garbage fucking person. Super racist. Um, very super racist. xenophobic. Um, xenophobic. Maybe even more than racist. He was just very xenophobic. No, I mean, because xenophobic is being afraid of people from like other countries and other influences. Yeah. He was also really mean to the Native American lady that accepted uh, Brando's that is, Oscar. Like he had to be held back. They, they don't yes. show it. There's no video of it. But he's being held back by people because he was going to run up and put hands on a uh-huh. young woman. just be- And that's not xenophobic because guess what? They were here before you, you fucking idiot. That being said... Uh, Rio Bravo is a fucking great movie. Great movie. I mean, Jesus. I don't even know. I mean, Dean Martin, Ricky Nelson, fucking Angie Dickinson, who is one of the hottest Ooh. women that's ever lived. Um, Walter Brennan, who was a classic foil in yep. all those old Westerns. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really, really funny guy. Back when everybody had their archetype. They played, they were typecasting was like, people were fortunate. They yes, felt. Yeah. 100%. You got to be Walter Brennan in yeah. every movie that you were ever in. You're not Christian Bale going like, I need to play a character I've never no, played before. I no, there was no was method like, acting for Walter Brennan. Nope. He just was kind of chubby and, he was and perfect said funny shit. And, and that was, was basically perfect. it. Um, yeah, and Dean Martin just was fucking amazing and I think I actually left that movie loving Dean Martin more than anything because his character was just so cool the town drunk yep you know that gets easy for him to play <laughs> with a with a bit of a, a nice character arc for him yeah you know, and John Wayne just being John Wayne being like just John this, Wayne was just John this Wayne this is badass John Wayne is anybody that says John Wayne's a great actor is full of shit John Wayne was just showed up and was John Wayne he had moments of oh yeah when he was Genghis Khan really really yeah oh. totally <laughs> Know what I'm talking about, but it's great though. Um, the John Ford, the Searchers, Searchers, he's is fucking classic. amazing in that because he plays a really old racist cowboy, yeah. So it was a huge stretch for him, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I can totally understand why <laughs> Searchers and Original True Grit are like perfect, John. Wayne. The Original and True Real Grit Broadway. is also fucking fantastic, um, yeah. So, anyways, that's I think that's the first movie I really remember watching, really, at home, Rio Bravo. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that's and it was on TV. Like it wasn't like a VHS thing. No, no, no. And that's how Ghostbusters was. We didn't have a VHS yet. I mean, early eighties. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah. and I loved how stuff was edited for television and how certain movies that we taped. Like for some reason now, when I watch certain movies, I'm like, man, I wish I could see that 1994 Carl's Jr. commercial. I would always see. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right at this break. I bet you can. I bet it's on YouTube. All right, I'm taking notes here, making sure is this a plus or a minus? All All right, all right. Yeah, keep Question playing. the second. Okay. The number two. The deuce. The deuce. What is the movie that scared you the most? You know me pretty well. I'm yep. a horror movie guy. Mm-hmm. And 
I was going to say The Shining, yep. first of all, because that movie actually changed my behavior for my entire life. Did and you stop talking to your finger? I saw I, of course. You're like, Tony, <laughs> stop talking can't to keep Tony. doing this, buddy. Fuck you, Tony. You see where this goes. Got, can't do it. No, I, I mean, I've been pulling shower curtains back. Oh, shit. Like, my entire life, just to make sure that there's not some beautiful naked girl that's going to turn into a hag and fucking try to kill me. Like, I literally have been scared of that ever since I saw that movie, tragically, as like an eight-year-old. Yeah, in the theater with my brother because he's. Oh, you saw fucking, that? In the, that's right. You saw he's a it in the psycho. theater, and Mark took you to that shit. Mark took me to see Theater's so different. much inappropriate yeah. shit. Because I saw and, my old man showed that movie to me at our house with the lights on and shit. Yeah, and I was still fucking frightened. But to Dude. drag you into a dark theater where you're, I was in a the movie. child. You were Sean. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I didn't get to see that till I was like twelve. But everything's worked out great. It has. <laughs> sure, my, yeah. My life has really worked out mm-hmm. perfectly. Everything's going swimmingly, my friend. <laughs> no, but I'll, I'll, actually, the movie that scared me the most, and this is a very cliche answer that I'm never going to allow on this podcast ever again, but it's the original Halloween. Yeah, dude. I watched that movie on network television Yeah. after the news. Yeah. Because well, you, you could do that, Yeah. I guess. like it, After 11 o'clock, you could just show... Whatever the fuck you wanted on television. That is one of the that shows that movie is a glaring example of how the MPAA doesn't always necessarily care about the content specifically because that movie's not very bloody. There's not a lot of blood. It's not bloody. It's at not all. very violent. It's all just dread from excellent filmmaking. And they made that movie rated R simply because everybody that watched it was fucking irked. It is exquisite dread. Mm-hmm. It is. I it's mean, a blueprint for he, fucking slashers, too. They don't even credit him as Michael Myers. Nope. He is credited as the shape, the shape because he was just a thing that might be standing behind you at any given time. And mm-hmm. that's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Like, Michael Myers was going to fucking kill you. The idea of being with a babysitter alone and there's no adults around and there's just some fucking boogeyman coming to get you, like, that is one of the most like intrinsically natural fears that I think anyone can have. It's something have. that you were that we were probably like just scared for naturally before Halloween. They just gave it a face or they a shape. It a, a shape. Yeah. <laughs> and that movie is the slasher. Every movie since Halloween's tried to be Halloween and no, nothing's got nothing's better than that. The first Halloween's probably the best slasher movie ever. Just because very much like they had no money too. That movie's no made for money. no money. And it there was, was one a, of the there most was like, successful movies. There was decades where movies. it was like the most successful independent, independent. film. But yeah, when you talk and uh, using like the and metric like of like constant dollars of what like the 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 gap between budget and right. what it made was percentage wise. And um, it, and you know and not just was it a scary movie. It's a movie that turned me on to John Carpenter as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I was intrigued by that guy, so I ended up loving the thing and. Uh, Big Trouble Fuck in Little yeah. China, and, which is not you know, a good movie. It's Big Trouble in Little China is really not a good movie, but it's awesome. Like we love it, and it's this classic, but it's right. actually not that great a movie. I can't believe story I sent, I can't believe I sent you to heaven. You did. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's not. It's not on my list. But that it, you, you know, have to remember though. Fucking fantastic I saw that movie. Way later than that is a fantastic movie. No, I love that movie, but it's not a good movie. <laughs> Show that movie to a Gen Z person who likes movies, and they'll be yeah, like, "Yeah, I know, I get it." Like the fight scenes, cool. the fight choreography is clunky. 
Although, um, inspired, like, we wouldn't have Raiden in Mortal Kombat or, like, a lot of imagery in certain mangas and stuff without that movie. 100%. Like, he created that electricity guy that mm-hmm. became Raiden. With the giant. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, he kind of riffed on some, like, old, sure. um, old Asian kind of mythological 100%. characters. Yeah. And plus, Kurt Russell was just fucking hilarious in that movie. Like, Did you pay your dues, Jack? <laughs> I said, yes, sir, the check is in the mail. The check is in the mail. And that's why I understand why, even though I enjoyed a little bit of what Rob Zombie did with his remake of the first Halloween, not his second garbage one. I get why you hate it so much. And if you look, now that I've talked to you more about it, the more you look at the shape, it's the shape, it's faceless. He gave it more of a backstory, which makes it all of a sudden, it's Michael Myers is a character that we are empathizing with for some reason. No, it's supposed to be the shape. Sure, he has a little bit of a backstory, but he is just a faceless killing machine. He, Rob Zombie removed the one thing that intrinsically makes Michael Myers such a scary character, mm-hmm. and that is lack of motive. There was no motive to Michael Myers. We don't know why he stabs Judith mm-hmm. on that Halloween night and gets locked up. He just does it. Yep. And his pokes come and home and they're like, look on his oh, face. shit. The kid has a blank sister. look and then that's it. That's all you know. And that's it. This was a kid that killed his sister. So you know his name and that's it. But that's you don't. It. then you give him this whole like, Rob Zombie gave him the whole like mom's fucking well, stripping. And not and just Rob Zombie. As, as the story goes on, they try to attach like culty like. Oh, yeah. oh you mean though, that uh, one like trilogy? The Druid. The fucking, four, five, six. The one yeah. that ends with Paul Rudd's wonderful. With Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's epic fucking foray into Halloween. He is out of control terrible in that he movie. He was Tommy. He's yeah. the kid from the first one. He is, but he is just like Awful. all over the place. It's His char- the He place. had no character. No. He was just like, however he was feeling that day yeah. is who he was. <laughs> when I think Donald Pleasance died during the filming of that movie. Yeah. So they, can only use so they had to like them. weirdly wrap it up in a way that was like not satisfying yeah. and the movie's just full of like doctors that are actually druid priests yeah. and shit like that it was just like, like what, what are we, the fuck what are we doing on? i mean it's fascinating yeah. if you're like a horror nerd and you can watch bad horror movies that trilogy of four five and six yeah. of halloween is so off the rails and then you yeah. have the third and then before that was the third one that was just like hey let's call it halloween and make a totally different fucking movie yeah yeah 100 yeah, all right <laughs> question the third now, this one I've been looking forward to because according uh, to Bobby Van, not Bobby know Van Noyce, um, no movie that he enjoys is a bad movie. Touche. <laughs> so it's what? a weird like transitive property thing. Yeah, is it? A plus, if A equals If I like a bad B movie, B it's not C. a bad movie anymore. Oh, so if you just think about it, it's declassified, right? 100%. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, question, <laughs> Jesus. Question the third. What so-called bad movie do you absolutely love? It isn't a critical darling, but you think it's brilliant. I'm not 100% sure you've seen this movie, but we've talked about this movie previously on podcasts. My answer for this question is a movie called Tapeheads with... I still have only seen clips. Yeah. John Cusack and Tim Robbins. It is not a great movie. It is also one of my favorite fucking things I've ever seen. You and I talked about this because... Your guy, Kevin Smith, Mm -hmm. was on his podcast talking about the clip of the Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles fucking commercial, which they did in that movie, which is phenomenal. How does it go? What's the... Oh, my God. Roscoe, can I taste your chicken wing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's fucking great. I might just actually post that that commercial on the... It's 
on the Facebook. It's piece. crazy, but it's also it's, like a surrealist moment in it, right? Yeah, it is. So was um, it kind of in the same realm as like Better Off Dead? It wasn't the same director, I know that, but no. It, the premise of it basically is like two guys from high school that were a little bit outsiders, totally loved each other, best friends forever. And funny, there's no conflict between them in the movie, which I think is really cool. Like, normally you you set a stage in an 80s movie with like, oh, these two friends love each other, they're best friends. And yeah. then you create conflict between them. Yes. There's never any of that. They never have conflict. They really? just Throughout the movie, they just fucking love each other okay. continually. And the through piece is that they love this band called the Swanky Modes. The Swanky Modes. Yeah. And I think it was Sam Cooke and some other cat that play the Swanky Modes. Really? And it's Sam Cooke? Fucking like incredible, legendary dude. Yeah. soul superstar? And dude, the music is off the charts good, man. Like, I still sit around and I'll just be singing, any ordinary man would have given <laughs> it up by now. That's awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, the concept is they become video. This is during the height of MTV. Oh, so VJs are a thing. They're, yeah, and they become video directors because become Tim Robbins' director is like this amazing cinematographer or whatever, which, okay. by the way, doesn't hold up because everything he does is just such trash. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it's, it's really fucking funny. It's really quirky. It's really weird. Nobody's fucking seen it. The critics fucking hate the movie. Like, they were like, this is, like... Because it, it's all over the place, right? And it's slightly it is, surrealist in a lot of It is, and, and it's fucking hilarious man like it is one of the dumbest slashed funniest fucking things i've ever seen like it was my super troopers no okay you, you know what i mean like now you're speaking my language like i can just watch that movie yeah because i can watch it all the time like all the I time. Watched, last time i watched super troopers was right before the second one came out and i was like man this movie still makes me laugh but god damn does this movie kind of suck why do we like it, it sucks, that much why do dude, we it's not good it's not a good story it's how not did they get brian cox to do that movie it's because <laughs> oh exactly and well that's the thing is it's, i'm wondering if it's like this too because super troopers is a series of all right the premise is all these guys are bad uh highway patrolmen they're like bad you know they make jokes on the side they drink they smoke pot they're not really good at their jobs and then what you have is a series of sketches yeah. With them, essentially. And yeah. they try to put the story together, and it doesn't really hold together very well. The sketches are great on their own. So if you just watch scenes from it, it's yeah. hilarious. The scenes are hilarious, but all together, the whole story doesn't really hold up. I don't think I've ever seen the end of that movie. I've seen the beginning, like, 50 times. Linda Carter takes her top off at the end as the I, Oh. I know. We always wanted to see Wonder Woman's okay. boobs. And well, yeah. I'm just I didn't kidding. Know that Look happened. at how Bobby totally. Uh, uh, no. You should have seen his face. No, he changed his mind about Super Troopers. I did. I was like, wait a minute. That 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 sounds like a work of In art. In your head, I could just hear. No, the first scene where they're fucking with the two kids or oh, the three yeah. kids in the car up, yeah. is hilarious. Yes. It's one of the greatest like sketch comedy bits you'll ever fucking see. Yeah. And then the movie just becomes a bunch of dude bros chugging syrup and making crude jokes and it's like boring. I did that. it's boring I, I I did this my friend and I did yeah. the syrup chugging and we should have listened to the commentary why first. are we talking about super troopers my movie is tape heads mother I know tape heads I'm sorry <laughs> tape heads tape heads which um, it's a cult classic too people it's, love it's it. not it's not easy to find no unless you're friends with me then I can hook you In up but like practices. um, it is uh it is a fucking movie worth watching. There, it, there are so many fucking great funny scenes in it. Plus, the music is just worth everything. 
I'll watch a movie just for good music. It's oh, not it's that great. so fucking Still. good. Like one of the premises, premise, premise of Premises. the movie is that they're trying to put on a live show for the swanky modes to like okay. hook them up career wise. Yeah. And they're going to be opening up for Menudo. <laughs> they're opening for Menudo. So they're going to do a live telecast of 40 countries. Menudo. <laughs> Everybody loves Menudo. <laughs> Which, if you know, like, is yeah. the weirdest name to name a boy band considering it's like it's one a of the soup. diciest of soup made from tripe. It's, it's dicey, tripe soup. dicey soup. Our Latin friends will tell us, though, that it is the only surefire cure for a hangover. Oh. It's a menudo in the morning. Yeah, it's the broth, buddy. Is it? Oh, yeah, just any broth will work? Broth. Yeah, so can I just chop up a line of, like, chicken bouillon and rail that shit and I'll be fine? 100%. Oh, sweet. I don't have to have a noodle anymore. You're just replacing no electrolytes. Snort. It's like warm, delicious Bullion. Pedialyte. <laughs> great. <laughs> oh, it's great. Question. Ooh. <laughs> the third. That was the third. The fourth is what I meant. <laughs> Question the fourth. Why do we celebrate it? Is it colonialism? The fourth of July should be talked about. Okay. Question the fourth. <laughs> Question the fourth. What movie character do you, Bobby Noyes, best identify with? All right, so you this, can't say Lord Byron. This is a well, that's more of a book character. It was a in a character. couple movies, but it was in a couple movies. Flynn of In Like Flynn. Byron was in Gothic, that's the right. Ken Russell movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not my answer. My answer is it's another John Cusack. Is it you and Cusack? I, I grew up with. I feel like John Cusack and I would be best friends. Yeah, like if we got to meet, we would probably not talk a lot, but we would definitely sit together. And he has one of those things. He's type. He has. He plays John Cusack. He doesn't really yeah. have a huge range when he plays a. You know, he tried to be a Allan Poe, and that was all right. But it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. But for the most part, he kind of just plays his kind of. So this is a Nick Hornsby adaptation okay. directed by Stephen Frears, one of the finest, world's finest filmmakers, called High Fidelity. The character mm. is Rob Gordon. Now I'm seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. And this is not a proud moment to identify with this character because this character has a hard time with women, has mm-hmm. a hard time with relationships, incredibly insecure. But selfish at the same time. Very selfish, obsessive about music and art and criticizing people for their art and the music that they love. Um, and then ultimately just settles for a girl like that's the end of the movie he's just like look man fuck it <laughs> yep you know I, I thought i was i thought i was looking for true love but you're here yeah <laughs> and that's yep. pretty much like how that movie ends and the speech that he gives is really fucking like profound and it like is. makes way too much sense to me i'm just like yeah. oh my god yeah you just settle for that girl that will take you and that movie is a, like a gen x manifesto almost uh, that that movie, the the book, that character's written to kind of be a to kind of highlight the yes. the best worst qualities and common qualities of that generation. Whether it was movies or music, they chose music for him. But without doubt, without a doubt, that is exactly right. It is the Bobby Noyce story, and I fucking I know, the more I think about, it, I'm like, holy shit! And I'm the Jack Black character. Where I'm like, hey, motherfucker, tell me Evil Dead Two is the best movie ever made right now. Oh my god, right? <laughs> or exactly. like, and then you're like, yo, my girlfriend's dad died, and I'm immediately I'm like, oh, I got a song, yeah. the Night Lord's oh. Daddy died. Uh, 
And China's tough. <laughs> Top five songs. Top five songs. <laughs> that you won't play at your funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, this friend that's just so erratic and out of control and says the most terrible thing. You know, actually, the more you think about that movie, it is this podcast kind of. <laughs> Except Aaron's not the bald, quiet dude. No. He's no, not. No, no. No. Aaron never shuts the fuck up. No. Mm-mm. So maybe <laughs> maybe Jack Black is like an amalgam of oh, me and Aaron. And just my last note. On High Fidelity. Great movie, by the way. If you haven't seen it, everybody, fucking look. Check this movie out. I've always wanted to sleep with Lisa Bonet, and I'm pretty sure I told her husband that right to his face. You did. (laughs) Yeah. So, yikes. Um, Mm -hmm. Although they're not together anymore. Nope. So she's available. (laughs) Fuck that. Momoa's available. (laughs) Get me some Aquaman, dude. She's beautiful and everything, but that guy could turn me. Dude, that's ridiculous. Lisa Bonet is the finest thing. Rosario Dawson, bro. There are... No. You're... Oh, fuck. All right. That's Sorry. A, dude, that's a cheat code. You can't say Rosario. That's a cheat code. Uh, that's what I do. She's the most fuckable human of that all time. Ever lived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ask Alexander. The great. The not, or sorry, Alexander the not so great because Oliver Stone directed it and fucked oh, it Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Neither do we. Um, question the fifth. What movie makes you cry? Oh, Always. so... Is this also High Fidelity? No, it is not. High Fidelity doesn't make me cry. No. It makes me melancholy. <laughs> it does. It kind of leaves you. Yeah. Right? It makes doesn't me, leave you. It makes me wistful. And There's like, a resolution, but you don't feel like it's yeah, over when you leave. I know. Yeah. Um, the movie that makes me cry. So I have an affinity. You had an answer that I thought was very appropriate uh, when we talked. Um, I won't say what it is, but it concerns brothers. Mm-hmm. And obviously, having lost my brother at some point, Seven years ago now? Wow. Yeah. Um, those kind of movies always hit me hard. And this movie made me cry even before I lost my brother. Because I just... My brother was my best friend. Always. And I just... The concept of losing my brother would always fucking kill me. So Just thinking about it. Just thinking about it. So, uh, A River Runs Through It, which is directed by Robert Redford. I fucking love A River Runs Through It. Brad Pitt. Craig Sheffer. It is... Boy, and there's even a dad in there for good measure. You know what I mean? There's like some father-son dynamics. There's the brother dynamics. And then Brad Pitt just being the most... I will argue, people will say that like he's the sexiest in like uh, Thelma and Louise or Legends of the Fall. the long, long hair. I will argue like his character in A River Runs Through It is such a relatable... Guy's guy that is also just so fucking cool, man. And he falls in love with this beautiful native girl. Yep. And you know what I mean? It, I don't know. It's just. And then. Did like, you see yourself or your brother as the the fuck up that ends up getting himself killed with the gambling and all that stuff? No, I'm the I'm the steady brother, believe okay. it or not. I, okay. I've always been the steady brother, the steady character in those movies. And yeah, I mean, when at the end you don't see what happened, they just you just see the end result of the family grieving. You just see the mom crying. Is yeah. Where they kind of introduce and it. you're, and you're like, Oh God. And yeah, when, when we lose that character, it's fucking heartbreaking. It man. Is. Like, That's Redford's first fucking movie too. Was that the first one he directed? First dire- his directorial debut, which is why, which is what was the big selling point for him, Cause the two characters, you know, the characters weren't very, at that point, weren't huge. Yeah. At that point, no, not at I all. I still fucking love, I, I watched it like a couple years ago and I was like, Oh yeah, I remember this was a movie that like, my parents rented on Friday. We all watched it together, and we were just like enthralled. And when you're a kid, 
You yep. lose a character that you're with, it hurts. It you're hurts. A kid, it's like real. It's yeah. a little bit of no. Taste that of one gets life. me, and and I I know it's meant to make you cry. I mean, I know it's like got that manipulative family drama vibe to it. You know, not like Steel Magnolias. No, or Terms no. of Endearment. No, or Where, like the music starts coming in. But that's <laughs> why that movie makes me cry more. Is because really? you don't see. Like they hint at what's coming, like that there's trouble out there, but then he's just dead. Well, yeah, but then and that's the thing, and also it's Brad Pitt's one of the most perfect looking humans ever. You, they've built him up he as this like fit. untouchable. <laughs> he is, but they build him up as this untouchable, unkillable. Like yep. somehow he'll always be here, and he doesn't care. And then he's not all of a sudden. And then he's, he's not. not. There. You lost him, and you have to be the guy that picks up the pieces. Has this been more since you've lost Mark, or? I mean, it's always Has affected this come about me since you lost Mark. Obviously, it affects me more now, but it's always hit me because always it was. Yeah, I mean, you're a brother. Like, you get it. Like, the idea of like losing your brother is incomprehensible. That's another reason why Warrior for me, because we were also at each other's throats and constant, famously have been like, like yeah. kind of a little bit at distance, really close in moments, yeah. and then really separated in moments. I know. Yeah. I know. I wasn't going to talk about your movie because I don't know what order we're going to air these, but. Oh, I, shit. I guess yours is going first. That's fine. <laughs> no, Warrior, Warrior makes me weep openly. Yeah. We talked about this last week. Yes, we did. Last week. Last week. <laughs> when we recorded this. Yeah. I'm fucking believably sad. Yeah, dude. And that movie's about lost time. That's why I haven't seen it that many times. You know either. what I mean? Like, I've only seen it six times. Because it's too times. much. It's too much. It's a whole thing. It's like, I'm going to go through so, emotional fucking roller coaster. I'll tell a 20-second story. When I first saw Warrior in the theater by myself, because my wife wouldn't go watch it because she thought it was dumb. Holy shit, we probably saw it the same weekend. It was too. a fucking like fighting movie or whatever. And I go to the theater here in Durango, Colorado, and I watch the movie. There's nobody in the fucking theater except this uh, Latino company, uh, uh, couple behind me. And I'm losing my shit. I'm bawling. I oh, walk yeah. out into the fucking alleyway out of the exit thing and I'm standing there and this little Mexican lady comes walking out and she is bawling her fucking oh, eyes fuck out. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. And she fucking grabs my arms and she's this like, that movie was so beautiful. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like, what? We're Like everybody, yeah. all three of us in the theater that day. And you just gave us a reason. If anybody's wondering... Hey, we all got big TVs at home and shit. Why go to the theater? That's because you're having a shared experience shared with somebody. Experience. The least likely person that you probably thought you would have a, a connection with. Yeah. You all of a sudden, you two had a moment. You see that lady at Walmart next week, you're gonna be like, "Oh my God, Warrior!" And then you'll both start tearing. Yeah, up we'll a both start bit, tearing up, and you'll start. She'll be like, "It's okay, Tommy. You can tap Tommy." And you just start crying. <laughs> oh, it's I do, okay, it. Tommy. It's okay, Tommy. <laughs> But my answer is, a river runs through it. <laughs> Stop this shit, Mr. Ahab! <laughs> well, you know. Nolte goes off, and you know, you're like, I get it. That's I'm trying to make a, you cry. <laughs> that's actually a really good Dick Nolte. <laughs> hey, convict. Oh, come on, Tommy. <laughs> you know, okay, tangent, fuck it. We've got time, because we've been going through these kind of fast. Yeah, we're good. Do you know what my favorite Nick Nolte performance is and it's probably his worst movie of all time but I love it because of the time I saw it and the basketball player that I enjoyed at the time oh no Blue Chips wow <laughs> he's great he's so great and Louis Gossett Jr. is he, so good in that movie oh he is good in that movie yeah when he, he does is when good Louis in that Gossett movie. Jr. does that thing where he comes out to all the scouts and starts giving them that yeah. this, the business yeah 
Get out your pocketbooks, boys. <laughs> Boy, Louis Gossett Jr. was a bad motherfucker. Bad motherfucker, dude. We didn't give that guy enough credit. Jaws 3, remember? The sucker's mother. <laughs> That's not the movie. That's uh, never, he wasn't in Jaws 3. That never happened. If you guys have never seen a Lewis Gossett Jr. movie, which, fuck, that's crazy. I'm watch, reading your mind. Digstown. Digstown. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. Digstown. He's so fucking good in Digstown. One of the most unbelievable endings to a boxing movie you'd ever Ridiculous. see. Ridiculous. But you're just rooting so hard. <laughs> it's fucking great, man. It's insane. That movie is awesome. Awesome. It's so good. Awesome. Awesome. So good. Love that. So I fun. love Digstown. So fun. And I feel Underrated. like it was a little late for it was it seemed like it should have been the eighties movie. Yep. Like you could put it's like a it's like road it's like a a different skin on Roadhouse. It's like a different yeah. thing where you're like you've got this evil guy who runs the whole town oh, and we Bruce gotta Dern. take him down and everybody's fighting each yeah. other. Oh yeah, and Bruce Dern played such a good prick. Oh, such a good so prick. So fucking good. Question the sixth. Who is your favorite actor and what is their worst film? Sorry, I'm doing James Lipton now. You Who? Did you did it. Is your favorite actor? You were exquisite. <laughs> there has never been a better performance on Earth or any other planet. He's got a little Frank Gorshin. Or any other planet, Batman? Uh, Sorry. Six, <laughs> six months ago, I would have answered this question completely differently. Um, really? Wow. I've, I have always always said that Paul Newman is my favorite actor of all time. Really? And I probably... Paul Newman? Paul Newman is a fucking... No, he is, but just knowing that... of nature, You're just dude. the culty movie guy, the horror movie no, guy. I would have never no, thought. No, Paul Newman delivers performances with, like, he is eye-fucking-you every step of the way. He inhabits his characters, but Fuck he's this. never not Paul Newman, right? That's true. You know, I, I can't even explain how good that man was as an actor. He was fucking amazing. And I even can, not, what was his I last get, performance? Was so, what Road to Perdition? Um, his, his last, last performance was called. Um, um, I I can't believe this movie like escaped me, but it's called Nobody's Fool. Oh and shit! He he's kind of doing the Clint Eastwood like. Um, callback thing like where he's paying penance for all the shitty characters that he's ever played so like the character oh. that he plays in Nobody's Fool is like HUD and Eddie Felsen and all those dudes like put okay. together yeah. like these kind of charming but also you know unreliable scoundrelly kind of yeah. fucking dudes They're you know what I mean yeah a little bit of anti yeah and in that movie he plays that anti-hero that has an actual character arc Redemption story, and it's a redemption where he becomes a father again, and he becomes a grandfather, and he becomes you know. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, uh, Bruce Willis. Want to come out like Melanie Griffith? Oh God, something four or five because he retired. Yeah, yeah, it was in the aughts for sure. But anyways, he's still alive, isn't he? Isn't Paul Newman technically? Isn't he still alive? He's no longer with us. When did he die? I don't know. Research. I got Jesus Christ. You can't edit all. No, you go. I'll. I got. Um, no, Paul Newman, I don't know, is not my answer. I just wanted to touch on Paul Newman because... That's not even your fucking answer? We no. Have to, <laughs> we have to take I literally a said reasons? at the beginning of this question, my answer would have been six months ago, Holy Paul shit, Newman. 2008. He's been dead, dead for a while. He's been dead for a minute. No, my answer after Maverick is the easy one. I, my favorite actor is fucking Tom Cruise. And You like everything he's done. To say that it's not Tom Cruise would be dumb. Because You'd be lying to yourself and us. Exactly. Like, Paul Newman would be my hipster answer. My answer answer is fucking Tom Cruise. Yeah. I like everything that little piece of shit does. Yeah. I don't care what fucking 
so-called church he fucking belongs to. I don't care what happened between him and Katie. It's about him. I and don't act- care. It's about his acting. It's about him being an actor and his characters. That's when it. Tom Cruise is on the screen, you're watching Tom Cruise. Yeah. Period. I don't give a shit. Yep. And he so rarely does bad movies, which is what makes part B of this question kind of difficult. Because I'm like, well, he's done some stinkers. I mean, like the Mummy's not good. I never saw it because it got so much hate and I just dog didn't shit. even. And it's you know how I always say, give everything a chance. Don't listen to critics. That nah. was one where I actually. Nah. Yeah, you did the right thing. That movie's dog shit. It, it's so fucking bad. So fucking really bad. Really bad. Um, so I went with a classic of his that was actually kind of a big hit at the time. But Cocktail? I, cocktails. <laughs> you fucker. I guess it. No, because it's not good. It's not it very good. It is not good. <laughs> it's not good. That is not a good movie. No. I mean, he's charming in it. He's mm-hmm. Tom Cruise in it. He's a dick in it, too. A total dick. It's a shitty character yeah, that he, he plays. He doesn't have too much of an arc, really. No. He, and just, he just treats stays Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth like Shue. One of the hottest human beings that ever lived. And uh, the sweetest, like, her, the, the role she plays, for the most part. Always so sweet and endearing, and you side with them. Except until the boys, and then you hate her. Yeah. Even yeah. though you want to suck that titty just like fucking... I, <laughs> just wow. like Homelander, you want to get in that titty. You want to get in that titty. You want to get in that titty. Oh, no. I remember the first time I saw Elizabeth Shue's nipple, I was like, well, that's it. I'm done. Yep. You get, I, you get kind of hard, and then like yeah. right after that, fucking, you're like, oh, yeah, but Nicolas Cage is fucking drinking himself to death, and it, it goes back down. Yeah. <laughs> no, I never let that get to me. You like that? <laughs> no, I just... It got I just, harder. I followed through. I finished it up. I was yeah. like, nah, fuck it. That was the first time I ever heard a woman I'm say, not that big of a Cage fan. That movie was the first time I heard it, because I it was on TV, and my mom was like doing something, and I had just clicked it on. And I was just sitting there watching it. And she walks in behind me to sit down, like grabs her popcorn. She's like, what are we watching? Sees it's leaving Las Vegas. And that's immediately when Elizabeth Shue says the line, for 500, you can do anything you want. You can come on my face. And she was just like, what are we watch? Jesus Christ. And I was like, mom, what's come on my face? What does that mean exactly? Because I was, you know, not quite. <laughs> right? I hadn't started watching real porn yet. Just the Cinemax shit. Yep, yep, yep. So thank you, Elizabeth Shue, for teaching me about facials. I... <laughs> This episode's about me. I don't know why, because this fine. is what I do. <laughs> I think it's fucking great. I, I, yeah. What, okay, what so Tom Cruise. Were we on? Tom Cruise no, cocktail. Tom Cruise cocktail is utter dog shit. Fuck that movie. The man has been in nothing else that's bad. Except for The Mummy. That was terrible. Oh, and Jack Reacher too. That's a bad movie. Is it? That's well, a bad movie. I heard Jack Reacher was fun. It's just that the people that no. like, the people couldn't get past the fact that they read the books and he's not the archetype. He's not the the guy in the show on Amazon right. is like the tall, beautiful. If that would have just been a standalone movie called yeah. like yeah, you know Peter Schilling, would have been so great. Who's a German pop star? I don't know. I said Peter Schilling. <laughs> He's named after currency. For God's sake, you see Tom it, Dollar. It would have just week? been a great action movie because that's all it really was. It was just a fucking great action. That's what I've heard. Movie. Like a really, really. Or no, good I've seen the first movie. one. I never saw the second. Yeah, the second one's first one was great. Awful. I was like, that was fun. Awful. All the Mission Impossible movies watchable. So yeah, Tom Cruise. Question, and you know what? I should have known that you were going to say that, but then when you you threw me for a loop with Paul Newman, I forgot that you said that it's not Paul Newman. But it's fine. Let's talk about Paul Newman because he was your favorite. This is not your full time job. No, not yet. Um, Question the seventh: What film do you, Boba Van Noyce of the Tallahassee Van Noises, find to be the sexiest? The sexiest. This is a tough question. Because there's so many movies, right? Like, right. So many movies. So many boner inspiring <laughs> that cinematic. That are just really, really fucking sexy. Gems. So I went through, I mean, I thought about The Dreamers, the 
Bertolucci one with yeah. Eva Green. Ooh, the one where it's just um, her and the two boys just like fucking each other. Yeah. And talking about existential shit. There's the scene where she stands in the doorway with the yeah. black gloves so oh, she looks yeah. like the Venus de Milo. And some about and Ava like, Green. Oh Ava God. Green's boobs are actually like, I've never seen a human with boobs that look exactly like the way that like Renaissance painters painted them. She's, she's like a Renaissance. She walked off of a Renaissance painting. She fell out of a fucking Rubenesque painting. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just with her big, beautiful breasts. God, I love um, Yeah, she's such a sexy but that you know I, I thought about movies like that yeah. like I, you know sex where sex is like the it's yeah. the movie nine and a, a half weeks movie, blah, blah, blah. what's the one where Marlon Brando rapes a chick with the butt oh la, uh, Last Tango in Paris Last Tango in Paris yeah. was it rape no I think it is he just, I, I mean she, well he didn't ask it's it's a it's point of contention it's super rapey it's, it's rape. rapey it's rape yeah, yeah. Just, just a handful it's of rough. butter don't watch that movie and but yeah but butter. that was for the longest time that's like such a sexy movie yeah, it was rated X. It was one of the mm-hmm. first wide release movies that was rated X. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with something a little more uh, genteel and probably uncomfortable for some people. But All right, can I try to guess? Yeah. Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit with Lauren oh, Hill. Amazing. <laughs> no, of course not. Um, no, uh, I went with True Romance. I think True Ooh. Romance is there's no nudity per se. I mean, no, I guess you see Patricia Arquette's boobs. A little bit. In the first, like when she briefly. first has sex with yeah. uh, with him in the beginning, you see a little bit, but it's very tastefully done. It's in shadows. and The sexy thing about that movie is not that she's cute and has big boobs. The sexy thing about that movie is their relationship yep. is instant loyalty and, you know what I mean? Like, like next level unconditional love and yeah. obsessed with each other. And, and they just... Yeah, if they want to fuck in a phone booth, they're going to yep. fuck in a phone booth. They and that's where my mind went immediately. I was like, there's not a lot of sex in it. And I think, though, that and I think that's there's the sexiness scene, about it. The scene they, is, yeah. is he's just looking at her for a second, and he's just, just like... Just like, I'm doing it. I'm I on the phone with my buddy, and I don't care. I cannot take my eyes off you. Yep. Like, I'm going to fuck you right now. Mm-hmm. Period. That's happening. And Patricia Arquette sexy, is dude. fucking gorgeous. And she played that character super sexy, but also very innocent. Innocent and, and cute lovable and, and sweet. cute. Like the cutest, most innocent call girl you've ever seen. Precocious even. Yes. Let's <laughs> use our big vocab words. Yeah. That's my, yeah. So that's my sex. I think. Yeah. And yeah. sex isn't even a huge part. That's like the first two acts. There's more sexy stuff, but then it gets all into the drug deal and like the. Yeah. I mean, it's just an interesting movie all the way around. It's not. But it's a great love story. It's not a. And you're a sap. You're a fucking sap. I am a sap. The way they love each other is so unrealistic, but it's something that like we aspire to. But bro, like you fucked a hooker good enough that you just turned her? Great. I've been a call girl for exactly five days. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Oh, there's a there's a difference. It's a call girl and there's a difference. Now go kill Drexel. (laughs) What's a Drexel? What's a Drexel? Now I know I'm pretty. (laughs) Also, that's my movie. I show girls to test them. Oh yeah? Yeah. Like I'm like, if you like this movie. That is one of my wife's go-to like uh, date night movies or like well, Valentine's Day movies. She's like, let's watch True Romance. Let's watch True Romance. It's got probably the most inappropriate scene racially that you'll eh. ever fucking see in a movie. It is inappropriate, but at the same time, people talk like that. I They it's do. Horrible. And there's actually motivation behind why Dennis Hopper's character in that scene. Yes. If you guys haven't seen it, watch True Romance. Yeah. The scene between Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper is one of the fucking greatest things that you'll Ever fucking see. It's tough to watch these days now, though. If you it, can't handle it makes that you word and like it, it makes racial content, yeah. yeah. But you understand the motivation behind it, then you can settle into it and just enjoy two actors that are just fucking topping each other mm-hmm. second after second. It's 
fucking amazing and uh, kind of weirdly hilarious. I'll take that Chesterfield now. Take that Chesterfield. Question the ninth. No, this one. Oh, no. Sorry. Shit. I, I saw another sexy yeah, question. You're always, you're always question. one ahead. You're always one ahead. I am so sorry. I'm you're fine. Question, question the eighth. What movie do you find uncomfortably sexy? Like it turned you on, but you are not sure that it should have. I don't want to answer this, but I'm going to. You created these questions, you I know. fuck. <laughs> I know. I'm going to say this movie for a variety of reasons. It's Beautiful Girls. One of the central scenes in that movie is between an underage girl. Nothing happens. There's nothing sexual in nature. There's a, a weird flirtation that happens between uh, Timothy Hutton mm-hmm. and Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. which is uncomfortable, but it's so sweet and adorable. Obviously, nothing fucking happens. And I've always found that incredibly charming, that part of the movie. Yeah. Also, it's just, I like movies about men appreciating women. Okay. Uma Thurman is in that movie. Oh, prime who, Uma. She's the, yeah. Peak Uma. And she's, I was in love with Uma Thurman. And she's kind of put on that pedestal in that film as like, this is the most unattainable thing. Yep. The most unattainable And thing. I mean, she's good looking, but she's not like made in a lab good looking. They did that with her a lot. Remember Truth About yeah. Cats and Dogs? I know. I was watching that movie when I was a young man going like, I'd, I'd take Garofalo. Garofalo's hot in the 90s. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know. Beautiful Girls is a weird answer because it's not like I have a, I don't like underage women, but like I liked the relationship between those two mm. because it made sense just to like be able to see something beautiful in someone else's future that actually you wanted to be a part of, which is the uncomfortable part because yeah. like you don't get to be a part of her future, dude. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah. I don't care if you wait till she's 18. It's still. That's yeah. still fucked up. You don't get, you know what but I mean? But that didn't used to be a thing. It used to be kind of cute. Like the, they have these smash cuts of things that are like so inappropriate for movies. The uh, there's a Disney movie called Blank Check that came out in the mid '90s. Do you remember this? A kid gets a, a kid gets like a blank check from a guy and through like a series of like comedy of errors thing, and then basically writes it to himself for a million dollars and then gets this mansion and comes up with this fake man named Mr. McIntosh that's actually running everything. And at the end of that movie, this little kid is like in love with this model that's playing one of the characters. And at the end of the fucking movie, she like makes out with him. Kisses him and said like, and then they're like, well, you know, we'll wait for each other. And I'm like, that super hot adult just made out with a 10 year old. And as a 10 year old, I was like, you mean I can get a piece of that adult ass? Is this what you're saying? Is this real? That was a Disney movie. That's now, fucked up. And at the time, because it's a boy and it's an older woman, it's fine. Yeah. It's fucked up. Even in that gross, like crazy, like gap, they were probably like yeah. 25 years apart or something. I know. Do you ever wish like you had a teacher that wanted to fuck you? Yeah. And you people are I mean? always, people are always, every time you see that, we were, we hail the boy as a hero and everybody calls that teacher a villain. And I'm like, that is the coolest teacher ever. <laughs> you should fuck. And I don't have kids. And that's what everybody always tells me. Oh, obviously you don't have kids because if you had a son, you'd be upset. It's a gender thing too. It I is. mean, we had a male teacher at our, oh, just at our high school that fucked up. Real bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Every, by the way. Every high school yeah. <laughs> has the male yeah. teacher that and is nailing the cheerleaders. Nobody held him up as a hero. <laughs> nope. Nope. And you know what? Nobody should be hailing him. And you know what? Nobody held her up as a hero either. Nobody should be doing that. No. But dear God, if I got a crack at Miss Seven Yee back in seventh grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had some hot teachers. She was our science teacher. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on from this question. <laughs> question the ninth. What film makes you laugh the most, Bobby? 
Okay, this one's hard. Um, I've been going back and forth. You actually brought this movie up uh, not too long ago. Um, I, my first thought was with Nell and I, fucking kills me. Um, I'm going to list a few. Uh, Spinal Tap is one of the funniest <laughs> fucking movies. Funny. Waiting for Guffman, obviously, oh, is yeah. a fucking hysterical movie. Animal House, I can quote that movie from beginning to end. It's the good Caddyshack is what I call it, because I don't think Caddyshack's that fucking good. It's really funny, but once again, it's a movie that's not a really solid narrative because they yeah. decided to do a bunch of side sketches sure. with popular actors that they sh- jammed into a narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like modern stuff. I mean, obviously, Anchorman, 40-Year-Old Virgin, fucking just make old school. Yeah. Lots of really, really, really fucking funny movies, right? But I go back to a movie I saw when I was probably 11 years old. And it's Life of Brian. Life of Brian. Oh, shit. Life of Brian makes me laugh like I can't. Those are smart laughs, too. Those aren't just uh, run-of-the-mill gags, it, dude. It, it is the smartest, funniest thing I've ever fucking seen. Mm-hmm. And it is not just the movie that makes me laugh the most. I think it's the greatest comedy ever made. Wow. I mean, yeah. Because it has sort of like the, Monty Python was always good about kind of jamming a message into some of their stuff like uh, meaning of life yeah but like not so much holy grail because they have all those issues with trying you know to that's that what's movie. funny about monty python everybody loves the holy grail but nobody talks about life of brian because it's so um slapsticky cute funny you know lots of fart jokes and shit mm-hmm. like that and there's stuff like that in life of brian for sure mm-hmm. but the life of brian humor is so heady I mean, I can quote that movie endlessly, like, in life. Like, it'll just pop into my head, you know? Shit will just pop into my head. People tried to bury that movie, though, dude. That was yes, very controversial did. because it, it talks very... about the life of Jesus to a degree. Like, exactly. You make it Christian content, you're making a joke. Every league and fucking every fucking watchdog group that's Christian or Catholic is coming right after you. 100%. And trying to say whatever they can to get people to not even give it a chance. Which is ridiculous because it actually has a very, like, Christly ideal behind it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they did that. That was very much on purpose. You know, I mean, but to have a scene that opens up at the Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. and it's just about the people in the back that can't fucking hear. Yeah. <laughs> you speak up. <laughs> speak up. Yeah. It's, well, it's funny. It's like, what if it's a situational thing? Or like, what if wouldn't it be hilarious if like I bet you he wasn't projecting. He wasn't talking to the back of the theater. What if this happened? Yeah, nothing slanderous against your Lord yeah. and Savior. Nothing. Right? He he was a, he was Jesus adjacent. That's the whole point of the and story. I think it was a big theme with those guys was just telling stories from the outsiders, you know. Yeah. And in that film, very literally, just yeah. people on the outside looking in. Yep. You know, and then like going to the stoning, but every mm-hmm. all the women had to dress up as men, or they couldn't yep. go, they and, couldn't and it was all women wearing fake beards. It was all beards. women wearing fake beards. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? So fucking funny, man! It is, and Terry Jones when he plays a woman, yes, was the finest thing. I, 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 just, I still, when I do a woman's voice for years, it would just do I, his voice. I, I was a cockney lady. I'm always Terry Jones. Always. <laughs> <laughs> He's not the Messiah. He's not. He's a very naughty boy. Oh, that's a great answer. Thank you, buddy. And I'm glad we get to retire. Nobody gets to pick Life of Brian. Yep, nobody gets Life of Brian ever again. That's All a right. Fact. Question the 10th. What film? Single film. Because you could say this about everything. I will say one film. What one film can you watch over and over and over again repeatedly? You've not seen this. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure. Okay. Most people have not. They need to. This is... The most hipster thing I've ever heard in my life. A fucking fabulous movie. It is so funny. It's so charming. It's called Cold, okay. Cold 
Comfort Farm. I'll say that again. It is based on a Stella Gibbons novel. It is a British film with Kate Beckinsale back before she moved to America and became American and got fake boobs and started being a vampire all the time. And kept cutting her face and pulling yeah. it back and pulling it back and 100%. pulling it back and fucked Pete Davidson and made it even worse. And Oh, my God. She fucked Pete Davidson? They were together for a minute before... Uh... So I'm going to change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cold Comfort Farm is one of the most hilariously charming fucking movies that you'll ever see in your life. Ian McKellen is astoundingly funny in it. And I had no idea really who he was. I think at that point, the only thing I had really seen and noticed Ian McKellen in was that Richard Third. Yeah. Uh, or uh, the, what about Apt Pupil? And then, um, no, that was, I think that was. was that after? Before, yeah, I think Apt Pupil came yeah, a little Apt bit Pupil after. Apt Pupil was probably a year or two after um, this. Yeah, dude, it's just, it is the most British movie you'll ever fucking see in your life. It is just British. Oh, now I know. British, I looked at the poster, British. it has Joanne Lumley in it. Oh, like, Joanne Lumley. You put any of the AbFab, either of the AbFab chicks oh. into something, Bobby's going to watch yeah. it. Do you like James and the Giant Peach, too? I <laughs> fucking love James, I love and, James the and the Giant Peach. Peach. If one of these questions is, what is your favorite kids movie? It might be James and the Giant Peach. I like it better than Nightmare Before Christmas. Yo, no, it's a better movie, too. I love James and the Giant Peach. James and the Giant Peach. Fuck Fucking so amazing, man. So great. Um, yeah, Joe and Lumley can do no wrong in my book. None. 100%. Yeah. Um, Didn't they just make an AbFab like, movie recently? Yeah, fairly recently. It was okay. Was it? Oh, okay. It was okay. Um, and actually, I've rewatched the series fairly recently, and it's really good. It's it's good, but it's not timeless but like Faulty it's Towers. Not, it's not It's timeless. not Faulty Towers timeless. Faulty Towers you can watch now and still hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think AbFab is definitely worth a watch, but it, it was a little less than than I remembered. You know what I mean? It just hey, dude, didn't quite hold up for me. Older shit, and especially older British shit, it's very much the like I can't watch Red Dwarf anymore. No, can't watch. It's it. not that funny anymore. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's not no, that funny. No. Wow. I can watch Cole, and part of this reason, I'll give a shout out to my ex-wife. She deserves a little cred. She watched this movie one night while I was at work. While oh god, this would have been in like two thousand two, two thousand three, something like that, and. I came home and she's like, I just watched this movie and it was fucking great. I love it. And I was just like, what is it? And she tells me about it. And I'm like, that sounds awful. I don't want to watch that. I'm going to play video games instead. Oh, yeah. And so she goes to bed and I sit and play video games because I would get off work at like 7 (laughs) a.m. Yeah. It was so weird. And um, so she goes back to sleep. I sit there for an hour or so playing some Halo. And then I'm like, all right, fuck it. So I put the movie on. And uh, it was Netflix back in the day when you actually got discs. Yeah, you got discs from mailed to you. Yep. And so I throw it in. I was like, if we're going to send it back, I might as well watch it. Dude, I went and woke her up. I was like, oh, my God. This movie <laughs> is so sweet. It is so fucking funny. I, I Yeah. And that's how some of the best UK movies or movies that come out of Ireland or, any, or, or, or Great Britain just... You try to explain somebody the premise, and they're like, that doesn't sound good at all. Like, when my dad explained to me what Waking Ned Divine was, I was like, that sounds like one of the stupidest movies I've ever it's heard. It's great. And then I saw it and was like, this movie's amazing. It is great. <laughs> so good. Ugh, yeah. Love it. They know what they're doing over there. Do you ever watch Pride? No. The movie about the gay community? Well, it's a mining community, if I recall. And they're going to shut down this mine and basically, in essence, shut down the town. Okay. And... The gay community in the town bands together with all these miners that fucking hate them, oh, yeah. basically, or whatever. And they like start doing fundraisers and they get it. It is fucking that great. That sounds amazing. Very, very British. 
It's so good. You will cry. But they do so well with those weird... It's so heartwarming. Like fucking The Full Monty. That movie shouldn't work, but it fucking works. It's, it's The Full Monty. The commitments shouldn't fucking work, but it fucking works. But it works. Yeah. They're amazing. <laughs> good answer, Bobby. I need Thanks, to check buddy. out Cold... Now that I looked at the poster from it, I'm like, I swear I might have caught clips of this before or like skimmed across it oh, because I it recognize... It is so worth a watch. I recognize the douchebag dude who I hate in every movie he's in. The guy that's uh, the guy that's the bad guy in The Knight's Tale. The you have been measured, you have been... And found wanting that guy's in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love to hate that guy, so I'm gonna. Check yeah, Rube, uh, he's he's hilarious. Is he? Oh, he's funny yeah, in it. He's, he's not the he's asshole. Seth. Yeah, Seth Starkatter. <laughs> yeah, I already love him just based on his name. He's like yeah. the he's like the British Tony Stark. Oh, all these families have sons named Seth and Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> all right, final question. Remember that you're very. It's not the final question. It oh, and you are terrible at this fuck <laughs> it's not my show you made me do this you chained me to the fucking table and said i had to do this we after two more. We did we'll make mine. it fast question <laughs> the 11th what film means the most to you not because of the quality but because of a memory that maybe you associate with or because of how it speaks to you specifically okay so i'll make this as brief as i can uh this movie harkens back to my brother again okay the reason i love mad max fury road Beyond the fact that it is the fucking greatest movie ever made. Greatest action movie ever made, I will say that. <laughs> it is phenomenal. The reason it resonates so hard with me, even more so than like Force Awakens or these... It's it's the movie that I knew I would have watched with my brother without oh. question. Mark and I would have been in that theater together. No fucking doubt about it. Like we, I would have seen that movie with him. For sure. And, you know, like so watching, I, I love it. It's a great fucking movie. I just love, I don't love the fact that I can't like talk to him about it. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, I, would, I just closed my eyes and saw you sitting next to Mark and then you look over <laughs> at Mark and you look back up at the screen, but then you look over and he's not there anymore. You're breaking my fucking heart, dude. <laughs> That's such an amazing answer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's the, he showed me before he showed me Mad Max, he gave me a book called cult cult movies or something like that it was like a compendium and it was movies like halloween and mad max and uh, behind the green door and all these fucking like cult movies and what they meant so i read that thing cover to cover like when i was a little kid because that's you know what you I mean? didn't have the internet you had yeah, to go yeah. look at like so, movies about books about movies at barnes yeah. and noble and shit and finally i was i was like mark we need to rent mad max like the next time we go to the video store by the way that was a thing that used to exist i miss going to the fucking go to a video, video store. store and just walk through the aisles and pick out a movie you yeah. know what i mean but it was like, no, we walk in and we're going to get Mad Max. And so we watched Mad Max. And I think at that point it had been out long enough that we got the Road Warrior 2. Yeah. So, that was the first one I saw. I saw the Road Warrior first and then I th- saw Mad Yeah. Max so I think I saw Mad Max that night and then we watched the Road Warrior like the next day. That's tough though because Mad Max is good. But then you watch Road Warrior and you're like, and you're I like, don't even remember Mad Max yeah, anymore. fuck Mad Max. <laughs> this is insane. What, did they yeah. make that movie for $5? This one's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, that so yeah, Mad Max Fury Road means the world to me. Like I don't know why. Like I'm probably the only person on the planet that that movie actually makes cry because no, I'm just like you'd be surprised at how many women it, appreciate that movie. Because oh, it was it's, one of the dude. That movie is a battle cry for yep. for women's rights, even yeah. though it's a male heavy and a testosterone filled epic. And dude, the Miller, the director, is just he's the weirdest fucking dude, man. He's done Mad Max movies, and then he did Babe. Yep. 
And he did Happy Feet. Babe, which was nominated for Best Fucking Picture. Best Fucking Picture. How do you get nominated? How do you get Babe nominated for Best Picture and then Mad Max Fury Road nominated for Best Picture? <laughs> yeah. How do oh, that's it? right. I forgot yeah. it was nominated for Best Picture. It was nominated it, for Best it Picture. It ended up winning something, like, won, like art design art or some shit like that. design, yeah. costumes probably. Which it should have. On, on a Morton Joe's costume alone should have won fucking. It was phenomenal. That movie. Everything about that movie. The, is the, the action scenes, the stunt work. Like because it's real shit. They built those They're cars. Not CGI. They built those cars. They just for built real. those cars. Certain thing like when I read. There's a couple CGI, of like CGI tweaks. I'm like, well, yeah, but there. No, there wasn't actually a giant crazy post-apocalyptic fucking electrical storm in the desert. That's CGI. That's but CGI. Like, the crashes, the rolls, people jumping. That's uh, all the pole cats when those guys are all swinging real. back and forth. That's stunt work. Those that's guys are doing work. that shit. Which have we ever seen anything like what? Isn't that harken back to like ancient forms of battle? Did they do that? Did they hang off of boats or chariots? I don't or know, man. Like that? But because when I saw that, I was like, that makes sense. Right? I watched so many movies. Rarely do I see something I've never seen before. Yeah. And I had never seen anything like I'm like, what are they fucking doing? Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> Those <laughs> guys are yeah. going to die. Fucking amazing movie. So good. I wish it would have won everything. I think it would have, if, I think it, if it won, it won probably People's Choice Award. Yeah. For Best Picture. Oh, yeah. But, you know, when a movie it, makes a lot of money. It's the best picture. And it's an action movie and it doesn't, it has to fit this formula for those bastards at the Academy Awards to give it Best Picture. Right. Which is why Forrest Gump won and Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption, two movies that are infinitely better than Forrest Gump, even though I love Forrest Gump and think it's a great movie. Those two movies were way better and deserved it more. Yeah. Final question. Question the 12th. The doesn'th. The doesn'th. Question 12. Should you be deemed worthy to ascend, you are allowed to bring one movie with you. One. Only one. Because you will get to host a movie night up in heaven with everybody except Paul Newman, who we all know went to hell. What? I'm just kidding. I'm just looking at your Oh, face. my God. <laughs> that, that hurt my soul. <laughs> <laughs> what film will you take to show the rest of The Chosen? You only get one. Okay. Um, you can't say Jaws. <laughs> I can't say Jaws, and I was going to say Goodfellas. Ooh. Which, I mean, why the fuck not? Yep. Someone else is going to bring Goodfellas. You know what I mean? Like, someone's going to say Goodfellas on this podcast, and I'm going to be like, great. I love that fucking movie. Can we because expand on this question, though? Is this like, is are you factoring in at all what you think everyone's going to like? Or is it just your Yes. Like, okay. I'm factoring in the... I And... That that's why Goodfellas is, is I think is a universal film. Like mm-hmm. everybody can love that movie. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna challenge people just slightly, and I'm gonna fucking bring what I think is objectively the greatest film ever made. And I've thought long and hard about this answer. <laughs> really, I think objectively the greatest film I've ever fucking seen. Fascinated right now. I'm is on the edge of my fucking Children of Men. I think Children. The of, greatest movie ever made. I think it is. It's really great, and the it's more underrated. I watch it, the it, it is. I've seen it three times. It is perfect. One of those times I was hammered, so I really only saw it twice. I think if you factor in how technically astute that movie is, a technically flawless. I mean, there's one moment of yeah. CGI in that entire movie. Do you know what really? it is? Really? You'll You've never told me guess. this before. You'll it's never something guess. that you'd never guess. But is it? Isn't it when? It's not when they're walk. Is it at the end when she's walking? No. No, actually, I'm wrong. There's two. There's two. The 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 birth. Okay. No spoilers. The birth involves a little bit of CGI. Okay. There's one other scene though that is so noticeable. Oh, like the CGI is bad. For no, it's not bad, but like 
when you once you've seen it, you can't oh, not okay. see it. It's the the best scene in the movie is when they're driving along the car and they get attacked by the guys on the motorcycle, mm-hmm. right? That is one of the most technically fucking profound accomplishments. That's a in okay. cinematic history. It's not my favorite scene in the movie, so I wouldn't call it the best scene, but it is well, the, for challenge wise and like for what it is. For what it right. is, like how they pulled that off. Yeah, it's crazy. Is fucking insane. And Alfonso Cuaron is a goddamn magician. He's an amazing fucking filmmaker. The CGI is the simple scene where she spits the ping pong ball into Clive Owen's mouth. Really? Yeah. The ping pong ball CGI because they couldn't get it? They couldn't, yeah. That's yeah. it? They were and like, fuck it, it, we'll do it's it. It's CGI. Post. But once you see it, you'll see it. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I think his performance is otherworldly good. Julianne Moore is fucking perfect in it. Um, Michael Caine's fun and funny. Michael Caine is one of his best performances, man. He's right. hysterical this. in it. Now cough. Now what cough. do you taste? Now cough. Strawberry cough. Strawberry. That's why it's called strawberry <laughs> cough. I do that with to Katie all the time. She has no idea what I'm talking about. I strawberry know. cough. I'm gonna take to heaven with me, children. Children of men. Of men. Because and I think that it's gonna be a, a little more challenging. Of all the post-apocalyptic style movies, too, that one's realistic, and that one's something that. And it, my favorite scene is the scene where. Everybody stops, and yeah. they just let her go by because Un- they under. It's like very few things in a in a world so destroyed could turn everybody to be like everybody singularly understands that protecting this woman and not harming her is the number one priority. Yeah, when you think about she puts chills down my spine thinking about that. Scene. Thinking about it makes me yeah, it makes me. I don't even know what the emotion is. It's, and nobody's fucking seen that movie, by You know the way. what the emotion nobody is? Nobody saw it in the theater. Nobody talks about that movie except us. <laughs> fucking love Children of Men. The emotion is hope. That yep. movie ultimately is hope. All hope. That's all it is. And no matter how bad everything gets, there's Theo, the hope. Theo gives himself up for hope. Mm-hmm. He gives the world hope. Mm-hmm. And that is... I don't know, man. I fucking... So it's even... It's this baseline, like... It's I have story. gone through this over and it's over It's a timeless again. story. You could pass... It's one of those stories that you could... Like the Iliad or like fucking the Odyssey where you could pass it on for generations and it's never going to get stale. It's always going to resonate. 100%, dude. That's um, actually a really great answer. I never actually read the, the novel either. No, um, I didn't. Uh-uh. I was just blown away by the movie and I think it lost... Best picture to like crash. Did they get nominated for or Best some Picture? Sh- oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Crash won and Crash didn't deserve to fucking win either. Well, some would say it's the worst movie to ever win an Oscar. <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Uh, there's been a lot um, of fucking clunk. But I mean, the green card or whatever. What was that? Dude, green- Shakespeare in Love. Oh, Christ. One best picture. I like that movie. I like that movie a lot. It's just like fun. On. Like, what if Shakespeare, like, what if Shakespeare this was inspired by yeah. something happening to him? It yeah. was fun and everything, but I'm like... Oh, that's right. Sorry. Most of the Academy are a bunch of fucking theater twat nerds that saw the movie and they're like, <gasps> Romeo and Juliet. I remember that. I was in that. Best picture. And then they Velcroed their shoes back together. It was all right. It was okay. It was best picture. Best picture beating Saving Private Ryan. Any movie with fucking <laughs> Affleck doing Shakespeare <laughs> is not. Best picture. No. Sorry. Sorry. You lost me right there. That's not best yep. picture. Mm-mm. No. No. Nope. Love him. Great guy. Mm-mm. I'm sure he's, a, sure he's a peach. Wasn't Polly Shore one of the... <laughs> wasn't yeah. Polly Shore in that movie too? Where was Keanu? Just, <laughs> oh my God. Best, is, best performance ever. Keanu Reeves. Dracula. That's totally a girl. Oh my God. <laughs> Mina. We must get married before Dracula sucks we, you dry. Oh my God. We gotta get married, Mina. Uh, what? <laughs> Hey, By the way, I love fucking Keanu Reeves. I love him too. 
But when guy. he fits into the right thing. Ooh, uh, uh, Dangerous Liaisons. You ever seen him oh, in that? Oh, It's the same as Dracula, too, uh, isn't it? I'm totally going to challenge you to a duel, John you, Malkovich. You, we're making fun of all this. And we were talking about this. But remember when Kenneth Branagh every year would make a fucking independent, cheap uh, adaptation of a Shakespeare oh, yeah, yeah. play? His Much Ado About Nothing stars Keanu Reeves. And it's it so is. Bad. He always did it with the legit dialogue. He didn't modify it. Yeah. Uh, Stanley Tucci plays Puck, right? No, that's Midsummer shit? Night's Dream. Oh, that's Midsummer Night's Dream. Much Ado About Nothing's more the relationship comedy. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Sorry. I got mixed up. But yeah. Yeah, but he's in it and you're like, I don't. Yeah. I just. Midsummer Night's Dream was actually okay. No, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. No. I liked his. His uh, Henry V was fucking. Henry V was fucking epic. Epic. Uh, his Great. Hamlet's really good too. I liked his Hamlet better than his the Hamlet's fucking, fucking amazing. The Mel Gibson Mel Gibson's one. fucking Jesus so Christ, I wonder why. No. Was it because it and sucked? then the Richard the Third one? <laughs> Richard the Third with did Ian he McKellen. do the Richard the Third with sure. Ian McKellen? Yeah, because he was doing all of the. He was just like, I'm going to make Shakespeare because that movie is fucking incredible. Ian McKellen is off the charts lunatic in that fucking mm-hmm. movie, and it's about the fascists, but they're not necessarily Nazis. I don't. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe that. They adaptation. are. They don't. They kind of, in, while not conjuring Nazi imagery, they like slightly modify the Iron Crosses and everything to look slightly different. Kind of like they did with like the 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 First Order and the new Star Wars movies. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's red and it's white and there's a symbol in the middle, but it's not. Quite. But it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Just so nobody. No, that was directed directed by Richard Lundcrane or Lundcrane. I don't know how. Sometimes they do their. Um, but yeah, fucking Robert Downey Jr. is Lord Rivers. Annette Benning is Queen Elizabeth. Jim Broadbent, who is a fucking tr- Love. British treasure. You could put him in anything and he's fucking amazing. I love what was him. that movie he did? What is that crazy movie that he did with, uh, I think it's him. Is it him and Stanley Tucci? The hell is this movie With called? Broadbent? With Broadbent. Yeah, and Bro- it's this really weird movie that I've been waiting for anybody else to mention to me. What the hell is it called? <laughs> I'm so gonna have to edit the shit out. Jim Broadbent. It was a. It was something that <laughs> my gay friends in theater in high school were like, "You need to see this movie." And then I watched it at the time. Topsy turvy. Like, Topsy turvy. And they're like, "This is one of my favorite movies ever." And I was yeah, like, yeah. "I was like, I don't think I get it." And then after being in theater for a while and then growing up a little, I was like, "Oh wow, this movie is really fucking <laughs> hilarious and fun." If you've ever seen movies as a child and then you think that you know what they were talking about, you have no fucking idea. Go rewatch right. it. All right, well, so I get to decide. I'm, I'm on pins and needles. You going to hell. I, got- I hate everything you said. You are dumb as rocks. <laughs> fuck you and fuck this podcast. This is the last episode ever. Nah, nah, you get to go up. Here's the elevator key. <laughs> we had a good run. That was great. That was great. I appreciate I appreciate you doing that, man. Like I said, no, what the fuck are we supposed to give you credence for unless we know what your answers are, right? 100%. And I feel after this, you're you're so much all over the board of genres and like reasons. Yeah. I feel like you have a way more well-rounded kind of film. The, the reasons that you love film are way more well-rounded than mine and some other people I know. You're all you like shit from all over the place, and mine's kind of mine. Mine were more on a single lane. Uh, you're you're a good movie fan, my friend. I'm all right. All right. Hey, buddy. Until next time. Until we meet again. I mean, there is the whole like you've been found. Oh, yeah. Worthy or whatever. You have been found worthy and may ascend.
DJ on the fast food scene And my food's so cheap You lick your plate clean When I slow down The ladies all big Let's go let me taste your chicken leg Come on fly girls And wiggle them their bottoms Waffles just pieing cakes With little squares on around. You may be ugly or smell real funny, but still 